Didn't the Bible say clearly, seek ye the kingdom of God, everything else will be added unto. Instead of running after things one by one, one by one, run after that one which, when gotten, will make everything run after you. The Hindu scriptures also have said the same. Know that by knowing which you would have known everything else. What is that? The realization of the truth. How is that possible? By a well-disciplined mind. There is no shortcut. And how can you discipline the mind? You certainly work with body too. Because you cannot discipline the mind while totally ignoring the body. They go together because, remember that body and mind are not two different things. They are one and the same in different expression, different levels of expression. Mind came together and became solid is body. Body expanded becomes mind. Subtle body and physical body. Stula Sarira, Sukshma Sarira, they call it. They are one and the same, like ice and water. And the causal body is like steam, much still more expanded. That is the reason, if you want to do anything with the mind, it's easy to begin with the body. It's very scientific. People with technical mind will know what it is. I can explain this in a simple analogy. The motor car, which we all know, we all use. We all know how the motor car begins to move from a stand-still position. How it begins to move, where the movement starts. The minute we start the key, the spark plug ignites the gas and the first visible movement is in the piston. The piston is kicked down by the compression stroke, I mean the, the ignition. And then from the piston it is transferred to the connecting rod, then the shaft, crankshaft and to the running shaft and then to the axle if it is a front wheel drive, front axle or the back axle, otherwise. And then from the axle to the wheel. So it begins at the piston and slowly goes, it's not slowly, almost simultaneously. But that is where it begins. And the major expression of the movement is at the wheel. And because of the wheel moving, the entire car moves. So if that is clearly understood, that it is because of the piston movement, ultimately the car moves. Now if we want to stop the car, a moving car, where do we apply the brake? 
where the movement started. Why shouldn't the movement start at the piston? Why not we apply the brake at the piston? If you apply the brake at the piston, you should need a gunny bag to take the pieces of the engine. <laughs> See how, how scientific it is. It started at the piston, slowly develops until the wheel moves, and when we want to stop the car, we are applying the brake at the wheel, where the movement is magnified. There it is more gross. Not at the beginning where it is very subtle. In the same way, this body, which is a motor car, moves not because the leg wants to move, no, but because of the piston inside. Something fires in you. Sort of ignition. Huh? What fires? Ah, I want to eat. Huh? A desire fires you. Huh? See, a desire in the mind. I must go and have a nice sumptuous meal. Immediately, the thought sends message to the brain. And then the motor nerves, you call it motor nerves. Eh? They say, hey, legs, walk towards the kitchen. And of course, the entire body should coordinate immediately. So the message goes all over the body and the leg begins to walk. See, a thought causes the movement of the body. Now, if we want to stop the movement of the mind, the thought, where would you apply the brake? You simply apply the brake to the leg. Leg, don't walk to the kitchen. No, don't go. The thought will roar, but the brakes are applied to the leg. You are adamant, no, I'm not going to budge an inch. I'm not going to open the refrigerator anymore. See, you are applying brake at a very physical place, very gross area. To control the mind. And that is where the yoga comes. The beauty of yoga is there. It's not that in other practices these things are not said. They are, but not explicitly. In an indirect way they have said. But in yoga it's all crystal clear. Yama, Niyama, Asana, Pranayama, Pratyahara, Dharana, Dhyana, Samadhi. Step by step, do some asana. Discipline your body. Make the body still. Let your legs obey you. Let your hip obey you. And then next, let your senses obey you. Your tongue should not salivate. Put certain discipline on the eyes, on the ears. And of course, you work with the mind also. Tell the mind. You tell the mind. Mind, listen. You're not going to eat anything now. You had it enough. You don't want any more ice cream or... Not now. If the mind says, no, 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 I really want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Don't you see my sister just brought a hagen dosh? It's all made of honey. The mind will argue. Well, if you don't listen, I'm not going to move. The mind will cry unruly. No, nothing doing. I'm not going to. See how the mind could be controlled by the physical non-cooperation. It doesn't mean that you should not train the mind. Train it. Tell the mind also, this is the reason why we are not moving. That's where I call this integral yoga. Whatever you do, do it. It's a holistic approach. A complete approach. That's the reason why I add dietic discipline also. What you should be eating, what you should be drinking. Stay away from drinks, alcohol. Stay away from cigarette. So it's an integral approach. Discipline the entire life. Why we say that you should have the right food, right liquid, right air? What that has to do with discipline? There is an important link between control and cleanliness. Or health and discipline. Call it that way. A diseased organ or diseased thing can never be disciplined. It should be healthy to control it. Like a car dilapidated with all bolts and nuts and screws loose. You cannot discipline the car. You tune the car well. Grease it well. See that every bolt and nut are properly tightened. Neither loose nor over tight. Then you can easily discipline. With one finger you can use the wheel. But if it is all shaky, then you have to hold in both the hands. We still, it will drag you somewhere. That means cleanliness of the body and mind. They should be healthy. To keep them healthy, you should know what makes them sick. That you all know. I don't need to talk much about it. Anything that would make the body sick, do not put in. Anything that would make the mind sick, don't allow it to come in. Thoughts must be clean. The food must be clean. That the Hindu scriptures talk, anything that goes into the system, into you, is food. Vishaya ahara, they say. It's not only the, the, the vegetables and the grains that we eat is called food. You eat through the eyes, eat through the nose, eat through the mouth, eat through the ears. The food for the senses, food for the thought, food for the body, food for the society. That food should be clean, organic, not chemically treated. And so goes with your samadhi also, organic samadhi, not chemically treated. Chemical samadhi is no good. It will never keep you high. It will kick you high and push you down. So it's a complete approach. Not even one atom of your life 
is ignored in this holistic approach. And I'm glad to tell you that nowadays it is being recognized in many fields. Doctors of medicine, psychologists, in prisons, in many places they have recognized the importance of clean diet. Just to give you one example, what's happening in the well-known medical college in Houston, Baylor Medical College. We have a program there. They have given us some hot patients to be treated entirely by the yogic approach. And all we did was to give them clean food, no alcohol, requested them to stay away from cigarette and gave them some asana, pranayama, some simple way of meditation, chanting of mantra, Om Shanti, Om Shanti. And this has helped them a lot. Within a month, we have seen marked difference. And this running third or fourth month now, they're almost completely cured of problem. Now they are thinking of expanding it. The doctors called us to say whether we would like to take a grant, a big grant, and expand that program. And we are thinking of it. We are writing some proposals about it. And in Washington, the NIH, the National Institute of Health, there they have yoga classes. In Johns Hopkins, they have classes. Many, many medical doctors are slowly beginning to follow this. Because you are what you eat. And this has been mentioned in all the scriptures. But we just change the scripture the way we want. Tell me in one place the Bible said that you can eat meat. Why on a, a Easter Sunday eh, or an Ash Wednesday you should refrain from eating meat? All the holy days means no meat. Is it not so? In every faith. What do you mean by that? On a holy day you should not eat meat. Or put it the other way, if you don't eat meat that becomes a holy day. Because you are holy and the day becomes holy. Because they all recognized the importance of good food. They never recommended even alcohols to be more plain. Even the wine that we use in communion is not really recommended by Bible. Anything that is fermented is no good. It's all due to the reactions of those things over the body and mind. So keep the body and mind clean. then automatically you experience God in you. Let me just conclude this with this one quote, one of the Beatitudes, which is exactly like Patanjali's Yoga Sutra. Blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. Patanjali also said that. Blessed are those 
who could keep the mind from turbulence, they shall realize themselves. Yoga chitta vritti nirodha tata drishtu swarupi evasthanam These two sutras mean this exactly. What is yoga? Keep the mind free from turbulence. Healthy and one-pointed. So if you do that, what will happen? Then you will realize your true nature. Tata drishtu swarupi evasthanam Bible says, keep your heart clean, you will see God. What is the difference between this and that? No difference at all. Buddha said the same. So, if we keep this in mind and follow all the rituals, study all the scriptures, do all the practices, whatever you do, it's fine. Then you will know, are you growing in that field? Are you becoming healthier? Are you becoming more and more peaceful? If not, you should know, oh, there's something wrong in my approach, in my practice. I'm doing something wrong. I'm falling sick, becoming more and more sick, becoming more and more disturbed. Even in the name of my spiritual practice, then you know you are doing something wrong in the name of spiritual practice. You will correct it. So, even if we cannot practice anything else, just spend some time in a day, at least half an hour, morning, evening, be regular in your meditation, where you can calm the mind, clean the mind, discipline it. Because it's the mind. Once that is disciplined, everything is easy. You don't need to discipline your refrigerator, <laughs> put all the locks and big posters and write, you are a pig, this and... <laughs> if the mind is controlled, you don't need all that. Even if somebody comes and forces you, you say, no, I don't need it. So just keep that in mind. Whatever you do, is my mind under control? Or will this disturb my mind? The answer is yes. Simply say goodbye to that. Whether it is a thing or a person or even God. Please know that. Even if God is going to disturb your mind, you say, you are not really God. You are coming in the name of God, but somebody. Because if God comes, it won't disturb my mind. You can easily say, no, goodbye to that. And it is possible. Just simply don't say, oh, it is, I am just ordinary, mortal, sinner. It's all right. They are chosen people, born with that vibrations. Only a Buddha, only a Jesus. Please don't... Put yourself like that. You are deluding yourself. You are all the same children of God, equal in rights. Nobody is inferior, nobody is superior. You are all equal in God's eye, created equally. Some worked hard, learned the lesson quickly and stayed away from disturbing themselves and others. 
We have not disciplined them. If we do that, we can achieve what Jesus achieved, what Moses achieved, what Buddha achieved. It's nobody's monopoly. We simply find an excuse to do things in our own way. And say, oh, I'm not made for that. Make a resolution. I am going to achieve this in this very birth itself. I'm not going to miss this great opportunity. And I will never, never, never do anything that would disturb my physical health or mental peace. To stay away from that, I'm going to discipline my mind by regular meditation. Stick to any mantra. You don't need to worry about the meaning. Sit and meditate, sing any tune you want, but just stick to that. Simple form of meditation. And that is what the, the Sanskrit philosophers, professors say, pranava. Pranava means humming, that's all. Very simple. When I simplify these things, they say, oh my goodness, what is this you are? Making it so cheap. Huh? Great things are very cheap. Poisons are expensive. <laughs> so just sit every day, morning and evening for a while and hum. If there is anybody at your home who would think that you are a little screw loose, do it within yourself. But do it regularly, you will see the reward very soon. And I don't want to try your patience anymore. Okay? Thank you for coming and inspiring me to bring this little message to you. I hope some of them at least could be useful to you. Try it. If you find useless, throw it. But I am sure it will work. God bless you with all health and peace. Thank you. Om Shanti.